Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection. Conversations. First Conversation, August 3rd, 1666. I saw Brother Lawrence for the first time, and he told me that God had granted him a special grace of conversion at the age of 18 when he was still in the world. One day in winter, while he was looking at a tree stripped of its leaves, and he realized that in a little while its leaves would reappear, followed by its flowers and fruit, he received a profound insight into God's providence that has never been erased from his soul. This insight completely freed him from the world and gave him such a love for God that he could not say it had increased during the more than 40 years it had passed. He had been the valet of Monsieur de Fiebet, the treasurer of the savings bank, and was a clumsy oaf who broke everything. He had asked to be admitted to religious life, thinking he would be skinned alive for his awkwardness and imperfections, and thereby would offer God his life and all its pleasures. But God had fooled him, for he experienced only satisfaction. This led him to tell God frequently, you have tricked me. He said that we must establish ourselves in God's presence by continually conversing with him, and that it was shameful to give up conversation with him to turn to foolishness. We must nourish our souls with an exalted idea of God, and thereby we will draw great joy from being with him. We must enliven our faith, for it is a shame that we have so little. Instead of taking faith as our rule and guide, we amuse ourselves with insignificant, constantly changing devotions. This way of faith is the mind of the church, and it's all we need to reach perfection. We must give ourselves to God entirely and in complete abandonment in the temporal and spiritual realms, finding joy in carrying out his will whether he leads us by the way of suffering or consolation, for it's all the same to one who's completely abandoned. We must remain faithful even in times of aridity when God is testing our love for him. This is when we make suitable acts of resignation and abandonment, a single one of which will result in great progress. He recounted how he was not astonished on hearing every day about miseries and sins. On the contrary, he was surprised there were not more, considering the evil of which the sinner is capable. He did pray for sinners, but knowing that God could set them straight when he wanted, he worried no more about it. He said that in order to arrive at self-abandonment to God, to the extent that he willed, 
We must watch over all the movements of the soul since it can become entangled in spiritual things as well as in the most base. God gives the necessary light to those who have the true desire to be with him. And that if I had this intention, I could ask to see him whenever I wanted without fear of bothering him. And if not, I ought not come to see him at all. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide, amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us, Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. This first conversation contains a very, very famous passage. In the sixth section, we read, he was not astonished at hearing every day about miseries and sins. He was not astonished. Now, this differs very much from the way our modern media, even Catholic media, the way our modern minds work. We get so upset, so angry, so annoyed. We can't believe it when someone does something. But what did Brother Lawrence do? He wasn't astonished. And not only that, he was, on the contrary, surprised there were not more. More what? More miseries and sins. Why? Because he considered the evil, here in the section six, the evil of which the sinner is capable. In other words, Brother Lawrence is in the same school as St. Francis de Sales, Lorenzo Scupoli, the spiritual combat, the same school as St. Philip Neri, the same school as the imitation of Christ, the same school as Jesus Christ, who said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And sin is a kind of nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The human heart, the psalmist says, is an abyss. And who can understand it? In other words, Brother Lawrence had a profound knowledge of human nature. And he had a profound knowledge of fallen human nature too. What we are like, what we are capable of, what we're prone to, because of the loss of original justice, the loss of original holiness. And practically speaking, this led him, because of his faith in God, not to despair. The only way we can accept the true misery of our situation, the only way we can accept our full sinfulness, is if we know the mercy of God. Human beings cannot psychologically handle accepting the truth of who we are without knowing 
the truth of who God is and of his infinite love and mercy. The infinite love and mercy that showed to us by Jesus Christ in his death and resurrection. In which he opens up to us a share in that through his ascension and ascending of the Holy Spirit. In that light, knowing that God is our father despite everything, we can accept that we are fallen with all the consequences. And Brother Lawrence, who lives so much in the presence of God, his father, could accept the full truth of the situation that humanity is in. And therefore, practically speaking, he wasn't even surprised when he heard of scandals, of murders, of wars, of worse things. In fact, he was surprised there weren't more things. Now, no one can force themselves to be like Brother Lawrence. You can't go around pretending to try to imitate him by some kind of external practice or just a pure desire to be like him. Because what does he say at the end? If his friend doesn't have a desire for living in the presence of God, he might as well not come back and see him. Everything begins by this desire, good desire. And where does that good desire come from? It's a pure grace from God. He puts it into our hearts. And what flows from that is this true awareness of who we are as human beings, the situation. All this is a grace. But it should make us slow to be so condemnatory. It should make us slow from going around and condemning everyone, being shocked, being outraged. No, no. This is what fallen human beings do. This is what you and I would do, except for the grace of God. Except for the grace of God, there go I. Except for the grace of God, there go I. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.